Welcome to a, a special Devon Live Herald Express Yellow Army Talker United podcast this afternoon because we're in the company of Gary Johnson, the new manager of Talker United. Gary, thank you for joining us. No problem. Thanks for inviting me. First day and you've been out at the training ground this morning. Um, how have you found it? How's, how's the, uh, how's it the atmosphere? It's hard to find to answer <laughs> yeah. that question. Um, he sat didn't do me any favours, but uh, I was there in time. Yeah. Um, a couple of my lads, uh, from, the lads from Bristol that are at Torquay now, uh, Opie and uh, Jake. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they were not in the accident, but obviously in the traffic, and the M5 was shut, so we had to do without them. Too. Regular occurrence. Yeah, Regular occurrence. And, well, it's even north or south, isn't it? And <laughs> I live in Portershead in between where Bristol, and you get it north as much as you get it south. You've just got to be lucky. And um, But it was, it was nice to go straight into... Yeah. Do the session because I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, get get a few things out quickly. You, you haven't got very much time to get your feet under the table well, before exactly. Saturday. And there was no, you know, I couldn't just come in and be Mister Nice Guy and, uh, you know, and and give him a bit of fun and a little fiver side or something. We had to get down to yeah. philosophies, tactics. We had to get down to all the real nitty gritty of what I think they need to be doing to make sure that they're better. Yeah. everyone else in this league because after all they're full time yeah and if you're gonna you know sometimes players might have part-time mentality when they're playing at this level even though they're full-time we've got to get them that much better than everyone else whether that's a it's often a, a mental fitness as much yeah. as, it is a, as a physical fitness so anyway we came in there's a few rules and regulations i knew a few of them anyway I, yeah i've worked with them before and i was uh i was quite pleased once I got them going and had a few forfeits if they uh, you know didn't do certain things you know not you know that was almost in fun but certainly you know a six minute run at the end of the training for the losing team was a quite good motivation it's an incentive isn't it, it? Was a yeah. Good incentive. yeah and uh, um, and right through the session I was pleased with yeah. their, their, their reaction so without giving away any trade secrets what kind of things are you, are you trying to get them to change ahead of, of, of the first game yeah well the first thing, obviously, when you when you take over a new club, you don't you don't want to say too many negatives because you don't want to be disrespectful to the previous manager. And some mm. some managers come in and go, oh, they're not fit enough, and they're not this, and they're not that, and and that would be disrespectful for somebody who's a good coach in Gary Owens and a nice fella. He's yeah. just been unlucky how the how the things have gone, and we all know that's that's football. Um, so from what I saw today. Um, of course, the atmosphere of the place is probably not where it should be. No. A, maybe the, at the moment, a, a lost their manager anyway, or a manager that's brought them here. I know the supporters are not quite happy with the way things are going. So what we need to do is, is get the lads to buy into understanding that the effort that they have to put in is so important to the future of this club. Yeah. So that's not just their futures. That's the future of the club. And one of the reasons for, for me being here is because uh, I did have a, uh, a time with the chairman and, mm. and George. And for the time, money and effort that has gone into what they've done off the field that people don't probably realise, and I didn't because I've never met them before. Yeah. Um, the team, the, you know, the supporters deserve a good team out there and a team that keeps that positivity going. I yeah. need the supporters see that they're doing their best again beyond the call of duty, you know, they're, they're, and that's what we, we need to do. We need to get a, a new 
atmosphere. It's a new Broome, of course. Yeah. Um, and it'd be great to, you know, if we can get a result at Hungerford, um, then we've got the cup game, of course. Yeah. I know you get great away support. We now I should start saying we. <laughs> um, and then the Woking the game. Yeah. You know, let's get four thousand people here. You know, because mm. that is a six pointer. And what I can tell them is this group of lads are a little bit low at the minute. I've got to pick them up. Um, and they'll be picked up if everything's positive for the next few weeks. Yeah. And then they'll see a difference. I always say, change your thoughts and you change your world. So if they've got a player they don't like, change your thoughts for a little while. You know what yeah. I mean? And let, let me, I'll probably see in the same things. I'll work with them and hopefully they'll see a difference in those mm. in those players. Because I'm sure you know the, the Torquay Club. We've played against you, your yeah, teams, many, many times, many, many times yeah. and you've been here and, yeah. and, and played against Torquay's sides. This is obviously the first time you've ever managed the club or been this close. What's been your impressions over the years of Torquay and Torquay United and the job that, that it is here, you've obviously committed yourself hugely, you know, mm. at this stage of your career to come down and manage yeah. this club. Yeah. How do you see the club and the job? Well, you must have done a you must have done a good job on me um, because I'm here. Yeah. Um, I've always enjoyed playing my teams here. We've always been competitive. I've always had. I think good banter with the with the supporters. Yeah. Um, obviously, when Cheltenham came here as well, that was quite a big game, wasn't it? Yeah. Sending off or something, and yeah, uh, you went up that year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we went yeah, up that yeah. year, and I think we played well that day. I yeah, think. I think we lost both those games. Yeah, Danny, Danny Wright, <laughs> I remember playing really well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I've got fond memories of, of, of this place, and uh, you know, it, it was up to the wife as well. Um, you know, she was she's important in this decision making, but. From a football point of view and a future point of view, it was it was exciting to look at it and to see, you know, with the chairman and, and with George, to see what their plans are, and that was that must really, have been fairly important. Yeah, because it's not just on the field. I mean, on the field stuff helps everything. If we can win game after game after game and the atmosphere is better and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and we and we all get happy, then it helps move all these things along quicker. Yeah. And I've asked, I've said to the lads this morning. You know, put in the effort, be part of the start of the new regime and mm. this club, mm. getting somewhere where it should be. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, you know, at this stage of your career, I'm sure it's only, what, is it a month since you left Cheltenham, something like that? Maybe less than that, actually. Yeah, less than that, yeah, yeah. three weeks. Um, uh, I'm sure you've been sitting at home thinking, will the phone ring? And maybe it has rung already. And at this level, National League South level, yeah. you know. Um, is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, a, a club like this, and we've all gone down that road before of, you know, talking shouldn't be in this league yeah, and exactly, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And for you, you've managed at this, you know, does yeah. this feel a little bit like Hang on, I started at this sort of level. Well, you, you, you were at Kettering, and you were at uh, yeah. At, that was at, in the conference, I think, with Kettering. Oh, but was it yeah, one yeah, level this up? Is yeah, probably one level lower yes. than everybody really wants to be. With yeah. due respect, um, but it was, it was just one of those. One of my sayings that I've used over the years is, be optimistic, but realistic. And most of my clubs, and when you go in as a new manager, you're going in when the club. Is rock bottom, of course, or is sack their manager yeah. you, you seldom come into a club at the top of the league, correct? Yeah. So, this club, I can 
chuck out the realistic because uh, you, we can be optimistic. You know what I mean? As in, mm-hmm. it's got to be one of the best. It's got to be the best team in this league. Yeah. It's got to be. Otherwise, people are not doing their jobs, whether that's players or, or management or whatever, whatever yeah. it is. And that's what we've got to do. And, and it's coming in. And to be fair to Gary, Gary Howard, you know, they're three points off the playoffs. Um, yeah. I know Woking has got to be caught, but that makes that that game a six-pointer in two weeks' time. Yeah. So I can understand why the board wanted me to make a decision very, very quickly, and I didn't have long to make the decision because that was a good job. I knew the place and mm. and uh, saw the video of the expectations of what's going to happen in the future. And uh, a little quick phone call to the wife, and uh, she said, it's up to you, darling, like she always does. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided that, yeah, it's a, it's a, a great little project. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've talked about sort of taking it league to league two and beyond, and obviously with the new stadium plans as well. This is you're at the beginning of a very exciting project here, and you're in it for the long term. Yeah, of course. I don't know how long. Um, mm. I'm not 22 anymore, but uh, at the same time, I'm excited to be part of uh, a situation that's going to improve a football club. You know, I think most clubs yeah. that I've been at, I've I've left them in a much better position than when I found them, and. Uh, you know, it's something I, I like to do. It's something I think I do well, and uh, it's one of those jobs where there's every chance of doing what everybody wants if you get it right. Mm. Yeah. Do you? Uh, I mean, obviously, it isn't a great time of the season to come in from a recruitment point of view. Most clubs have already signed their squads and and mm. and all of that kind of stuff. Do you hope and plan over the next few weeks and months that you will be able to strengthen the squad and? Yeah. How easy or difficult is that to do at this particular stage of a year? Well, we've got some friends in the game, haven't we? We can and family <laughs> that uh, you know we can sort of <laughs> yeah. rely on to help us out when, when we need it because our squad's very very small at the moment. Yeah, we only had twelve training a day. You know, yeah. th- there was a bigger yeah. squad that were only in, in the injury on the injury list. Yeah, the, the um, I was planning on doing a three or eleven four. v eleven straight away today, and I only yeah. had twelve players, so no. I had a six v six. Yeah, so we'll be a good five aside team or six aside team. Yeah, but and one um, or two of them won't be back for another week or no, two. No, that's so right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I'm giving everybody opportunity in training, okay, um, to show me what they can do and where they are physically and, and mentally, and and then I can put my little bits in, and. And if they react well to it, then they'll be regulars. If they don't, then they won't. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's not as if we can expect two or three straight in for Saturday or anything like that. You'll be um, well. I, I I can't. I, I know we're Thursday afternoon, but quite. I can't answer that question no. yet because what I've got to do. I've I've seen what I've seen this morning. I think the squad needs improving, and and not necessarily improving, but it needs a bigger squad yeah. because you need good competition. Yeah. You know, you're looking that if one of your star first team players has to drop out for injury or lack of form, you've got someone as good that's waiting his opportunity. Sure. And I think that's what I've got to try and get a little bit more competition in the in the squad. Yeah, yeah. And do you still get the anticipation ahead of the game on Saturday? You're still looking forward to getting out in that technical area on Saturday afternoon oh, for the first no, time. Otherwise, I'd have retired long ago. I yeah. Mean, I've, I've done it now for what, 30 years or so, um, and uh, my wife don't like me being at home all that. You know, <laughs> it, it, you know when I'm if I'm out of work, I haven't been out yeah. of work often and or for very long actually. So it's it's what I'm used to, it's what I'm comfortable with, and um, 
and I still get that same excitement, whatever league, you know, of building, building a club team, but also building a club. You know, and I, yeah. I can, you know, prove that through the Yeovil days in Bristol City. When I was at Yeovil and went to Bristol City, Bristol City were actually lower than Yeovil. Mm. Um, so, and we built that up again, you know, so it's, uh, no, I'm still as excited as I, I ever, I ever am. Excellent. Gary, thank you very much for joining us on no the problem. podcast and um, we'll be right behind you on Saturday. Thank you very much. So back in the uh, in the quiet of the office, good of Gary to join us. So very um, very nice to, uh, Great. to start yeah, off. Great, yeah, because he's with that. the reaction experienced is, guy, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's, he's handled these situations before. The reaction, I think, from Torquay fans during the course of today, since the news broke this morning, has been, uh, has been in fact, since we broke the news this morning, um, has been very positive indeed. Yeah, uh, what's the phrase? Universally well yeah, received, I think. Absolutely. I think um, Helen Chamberlain summed it up pretty well with a tweet that just said, Gary Johnson, bloody hell, <laughs> which um, kind of sums up a lot of what people have been saying on social media, and, and he's obviously becoming aware of that now. Yeah, I I, th I think it's uh, um, after everything that's happened. Uh, yeah. uh, I think obviously United fans are thoroughly down after last weekend. Um, See, I wasn't the, there last weekend. No, I was but, in London last weekend, and, so I was and, spared the misery of that one. Yeah, and on the back of quite a lot of recent performances. Yeah, uh, and and I think uh, you know that the United fans are a bit punch drunk. Mm. In fact very punch drunk uh, so I don't think they were expecting the world or an awful lot um, uh, for a start off I don't think certainly many people around Playmore were expecting um, the axe to fall on Gary Hours well, um, no. we, not that he wasn't under huge pressure everybody knew that um, but, but all, all the intelligence up to and, and let's put our cards on the table all the intelligence up to our deadline on Tuesday on afternoon the newspaper deadline yeah, yeah that's right was that um, he was going to be given a little bit longer um, I think there was a certain feeling that well there's two away games coming up including you know Hunkford away yeah. Limington away in the cup as we now know um, you know maybe he could stop the rot and, and start to turn things around um, and I think that was the certainly the vibes I was getting. Yeah. And I think you have to factor in as well that this was a, a very painful decision um, uh, for Clark Osborne, mm. the chairman, to make. He'd invested a huge amount, A, financially, and B, personally. He, he, he likes Gary Hours a lot. Uh, he desperately wanted him to do the job. He was his first appointment as chairman yeah. obviously he and uh, uh, Clark Osborne inherited Kevin Nicholson um, he'd gone through all the flack and the trauma and all of that of, of, of you know Kevin Nicholson's departure he desperately wanted Gary Hours to be the man to, to mm. do the job they get on they got on very well and get on very well you know personally so it wasn't as if he was absolutely desperate and keen to get rid of him in fact it was a very difficult decision for him but uh, I think it just underlines that uh, um, last Saturday was yeah. the final straw uh, certainly for George Edwards who's Gary Hour's right hand man and has been you know running the show at Playmore uh, for the last few months um, and obviously the two of them I think got well I think we know now that they got together over the weekend yeah. in the wake of the, Ch the Chippenham defeat and 
uh, have been working flat out. Um, I'm not 100% sure whether um, overtures have been made to Gary Johnson um, before that point. No. Um, you know, a bit of you thinks, well, this can't all have been sorted out in 36, 48 hours. Well, um, I think it probably yeah. getting on was. Um, and they went to Gary Johnson with an offer which I understand he would have in any circumstances found hard to refuse and he's clearly decided yeah. uh, after a long chats with them not only about his own terms but about the ammo that he's going to be given to do this job um, that it was a job he yeah. had to take and wanted to take. Now we've just come back from, from chatting up at Plainmore and one thing that becomes clear talking to several people up there um, a great deal of respect still for Gary Hours, though. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it, it didn't work. No, it, it, it's, despite it, the best will in the world, yeah, it, it just you're, didn't You're work. talking about yeah. a, a, a very honest, straight batting, hard-working manager yeah. um, uh, for whom, for one reason or another, it just didn't work. And, and uh, when that happens, I, I, I've known it over the years here with, with, with previous mm. managers, um, who um, I've looked back on and thought, what a good manager he was, but it didn't work. Yeah. You know? uh, and, and other managers and I've looked at and thought, well, <laughs> not quite sure why that worked, but it did. Yeah. And, and sometimes football can throw up these things. Um, you know, I'm sure people will have their own views on different aspects of the way he, uh, Gary Hours tackled the job. Yeah. Um, uh, but in the end, what's the, all the old cliches come out results business, uh, um, look in the book, look on the table. And for me, the crucial one is, you know, managers yeah. stand or fall by their players, by the players they signed far more than any expertise on the coaching ground, on the, on the training ground and, and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, now, uh, for me, uh, and you and I have sort of chatted slightly about this on our way back from Plainmore, it'll be absolutely fascinating now to see what more Gary Johnson can get out of these players before he goes out and starts strengthening the squad. I don't think we're Thursday now, Saturday's game two days away. I don't think he has time really to go out. Um, uh, he's an extremely experienced bloke with a lot of good contacts. Yeah. Uh, and one of, him, one of them is his son Lee at well, Bristol he's, he's, City. He said that, didn't he? Uh, yeah. If your family can't help you out. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, so. And of course, United already have yeah. two, uh, two lads on loan from Bristol City anyway, in Opie Edwards and Jake Andrews. But um, uh, I think he hinted, didn't he, fairly clearly in, in his chat with us that he wanted to give uh, yeah. you know, these players and this, this staff, the staff around him as well, every chance to say, look, yeah, I can be part of this we can and, do this. and we yeah. can deliver. Yeah. Um, now, he, he did say that he'd watched um, the, the Chippenham game, yeah. he'd seen the Chippenham game. Yeah. Uh, he liked what he saw in the first 15 or 20 minutes. I think we all did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it, it fell apart after that. Uh, and of course, the Chippenham game wasn't just something in isolation. No. It, it was it was on the back of quite a lot of it, uh, perform, quite a few performances, which for Torquay United in this league simply weren't good enough. You know, you can't be Torquay United in the National League South with the amount of resources that have been thrown at it and are still being thrown at it yeah. um, and only score five goals in your first nine games. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, Gary Hours, you know, all credit, he, as he kept clinging on to, and, and understandably so, we still have the best defensive record in the division. Yeah. But that's not why it's we're not here. not enough, is it? No, no. Now, the, 
Speculation began, obviously, immediately the axe fell on uh, Wednesday, yesterday. Seems a long time ago now. Uh, Gary Johnson's name came up very quickly um, well, it, with a lot of people. Yeah, it, 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 I, got a, I got a couple of tips fairly yeah. early on that, uh, that, that he, 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 was, he yeah. might be, well, that he definitely was available and might be interested. Uh, funnily enough, as I wrote those first couple of speculation pieces, I, I didn't write it with any great confidence. I thought, no, no, they probably won't mm. go to Gary Johnson. Be, It'll be somebody else. And uh, there were, to be fair, they, you, off the top of your head, you can name six, seven, eight candidates, which which shows that the club isn't in a, an unhealthy position. I, I, I think if Clark Osborne and George Edwards had, ad, had advertised the post, yeah, there would have been exactly the same. Uh, uh, um, avalanche is too strong a word, but but there would have been. A, a hell of a lot of candidates. We all know that even just locally, yeah. um, you know, you, you're talking about the Steve Tullys, the Lee Hodges. I'm sure Kevin Nicholson would have put his name back into the hat again. Uh, Chris Hargreaves. Uh, um, yeah, well, there were, there were a lot. There were that's right. All, all people who would yeah. have had a perfectly uh, uh, decent hope of getting the job um, and, and have a CV, you know, yeah. of various strengths to back it up. Um, but um, you know, when you talk about Gary Johnson, uh, you're talking about somebody, what, a man who's won five promotions in his career, uh, a couple of trophies, uh, um, huge experience. Yeah. They've gone, they've really gone for experience, haven't they? Because I know one or two people have said to me during the week, "Do you think you know? It's, is it time to put a, a try again with an ex-player, give somebody their first break in management?" And, and no, it isn't. It's no. time for experience. Isn't well, it? I. I <laughs> at the risk of boring everybody I've never felt that this was a, a, mm. a, a first time managers club it, it, it's with all the logistical and geographical and very often financial constraints uh, uh, which you know matter at Torquay uh, I think it, it very seldom lends itself to an inexperienced manager's job mm. the only way it can work is if you've got some an, a young man with an older man around yeah, and and that isn't that hasn't been the case not in the last few years certainly not with Kevin Nicholson or or Chris Hargreaves it did work big time of course with Paul Buckle, but he had Colin Lee here yeah um, uh, and and the only other sort of real first time managers that I can think of it did work with Kevin Hodges did a hell of a job um, uh, when he yeah. w was in charge Donna Reardon actually had a bit of a run in in with it under Neil Warnock the year before. Um, uh, so technically speaking, I suppose he was, but no, I I I, I don't think. Uh, and Leroy, I suppose Leroy Rossini, um, uh, you know, he 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 had managed before. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't his first job anyway. He'd managed at Merthyr and Gloucester, um, uh, and uh, and all of that. So, but no, in this current circumstances, I think you are incredibly yeah. lucky if you get a successful young first-time manager in who's literally starting out afresh. But in Gary Johnson, you've got a manager who, who's been everywhere, in football terms, been everywhere, seen everything, dealt with every kind of player and every kind of slump in form yeah. that you can imagine. Yeah. Um, you kind of got the impression talking to him that he's quite relishing this, don't you? Well, I, th I think, you know, he's 62 years old. Um, he is happily and thankfully over, um, you know, a fairly worrying heart issue mm. a couple of years ago. Um uh, 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 he, I think, was properly and probably justifiably fed up to be sacked at Cheltenham four games into this season. Yeah. Uh, even the former chairman of the club, Paul Baker, 
uh, um, absolutely slaughtered the decision to get rid of him so quickly. Uh, you're talking about a man who'd taken Cheltenham back up into the Football League. Now, Cheltenham is not the biggest club in no. League Two by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the first priority there would always be to stay in the league, um, uh, and uh, which he had done. Yeah. Um, and uh, four games into the season, they get rid of him. Oh, by the way, having sold Mohamed Isa to Bristol City for 1.5 million in the summer. Um, uh, you know, which is which is a strange thing because that's his son, isn't it? There you it? go yeah. again. The, 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 but but so it's an odd setup. Yeah, it? it is. But yeah. but so you know, I think most people thought, and you can ally it. To, well, four games was pretty, you know, mm. strong to get rid of Kevin Nicholson yeah. uh, after such a short period of time. But anyway, that's happened, uh, and we're talking less than a month ago, barely three weeks ago, and and. Uh, uh, I think he's this offer has come in. He's looked at Torquay. Um, Clark Osborne and George Edwards have sold this job, this project. Mm. I'm sure they promised him backing uh, in the same way that Gary Hours had backing. And Gary Hours never once complained to me per privately or, or even publicly that he hadn't been backed by, no. by, uh, by Clark Osborne. Uh, and I think they've laid it out. Clark Osborne is 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 obviously he's he's not flavour of the month with a, a certain section of United support and I can you know understand that uh, where they're coming from but he's a man who does not like to fail mm. he hasn't failed very often in his business life over the years he does have a larger agenda of this new stadium complex that he wants to to build and he wants to build it partly because he sees this part of the world South Devon and Torbay as an area which can and will take off again in the next forese yeah. foreseeable future. New investment coming into the bay, a market here, a population, etc., etc., etc. Now, he, I'm sure as part of this, he sees the investment that he's been pumping into Torquay United for the last couple of years as part of his investment in that bigger project. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, from a local perspective, he cannot in his mind, and I'm sure in most people's minds, be seen to take Torquay in the direction in which they appear to have been going in the last couple of years yeah. and hope to sell that project to the no. ratepayers of, 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 of Torbay. So he is desperate to do this, to get this turned round. He can't do it because he can't kick a football and he can't manage a football team. All he can do is provide the wherewithal and the backing, uh, which he certainly is doing mm. and, and appears to be ready to to carry on doing um, uh, uh, and uh, keep his fingers crossed that he's, that he's picked the right people. Now obviously yeah. he's decided now that Gary Hours wasn't the right person and he's now gone big time for somebody who on all known evidence has the knowledge, yeah. the wherewithal and we all hope and certainly from Gary Johnson's quotes this morning that he has the will and the yeah. desire to do it. One of the things that surprised me about him was how softly spoken he is. Now, people listening to this podcast will have heard him in the first part of the podcast. He's not when he gets into the technical area, though, is he? He's uh, quite. Uh, I don't think you can have a managerial <laughs> career as long or as successful as his with uh, without um, throwing the odd uh, teacup yeah. around the place. And he's 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 been known. To, I've known some. Uh, I can remember one day uh, United. I, I can't remember what the score was, but I think we got a result at Cheltenham, uh, um, and, and and he was not. Uh, um, happy. Um, uh, no, 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 I don't know. I, th I, th I think they actually beat us, but he still wasn't happy. Right. Uh, That's good. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, uh, uh, he, he certainly 
when he's not happy, everybody knows it. Yeah, uh, which Look, is perfectly right. Of course, looking forward to that. Looking forward to having a big character in there and somebody making some noise. I think you know he, he's. But when you look at his record and where he's come from and where he started out, you know, he, he, he was a player at Watford as a youngster, an apprentice there and a pro, didn't quite make it in, as, a, as, a, mm. as a pro, Very went into coaching quite quickly. Um, uh, it started at Newmarket Town, I think, yeah. you know, so he knows football at all different levels. And he's, he's, he ended up going from having taken Yeovil from a level which they never, you know, well, they, they dreamed of the level when he took them from, but up into the championship. Um, and then went to Bristol City when Yeovil were above Bristol City yeah, yeah. and took them, turned them around as well. Um, obviously, the last few years haven't been quite as successful as that, but that graph was so steeply upwards that no manager in the world would have been no. able to keep that going. And he went to Cheltenham, and in fairness, I, I know it hasn't been all hunky-dory at Cheltenham, but he won promotion there as well yeah. and took them back yeah. uh, back up into the league. So you're talking about somebody that knows how to do this job. That's good. Now, one of the fascinating things that he's going to have to grapple with between now and Saturday is Josh Gowling. Well, um, we raised that briefly after our chat, didn't we? We uh, did. Um, uh, literally, he's just walked into the club. He took his first training session where it appears there was only about a dozen fit players. Yeah, some um, of the lads couldn't get... Well, uh, you'll have heard um, this on the podcast. Yeah, Opie on. Edwards yeah. and Jake Andrews couldn't even get there, um, mm. trapped on the M5. Uh, is that turning into a different version of the M6 now? Or, or, well, or there was not? a bad crash up there today, yeah, there which was. is what stopped everything. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, plus the injuries... Um, so he'll have to take a bit of a rain check on all of that. But he he, he wasn't able to bring us much up to date. I dare say in the next few hours, that's one of yeah. the things he'll having he'll have to sort of tackle. But, but um, Josh, Josh's loan period at Alfreton is over. Correct. So yeah. he rejoins his parent club and is, uh, unless technically speaking, available for selection. Yeah, that's right. Unless, of course, uh, Billy Heath is on the phone from Alfreton yeah. saying, look, we're absolutely desperate to keep Josh. I would have thought that... Gary Johnson will want to have a look at Josh Gowling and get him back in the club and have a chat with him. Yeah, I would thought that Josh Gowling, uh, even though obviously he didn't see eye to eye with Gary Johnson, uh, Gary Hours too much. <laughs> We're going to go down this road a couple we of will. times, aren't yeah. we? Um, <laughs> uh, having seen this appointment, yeah. would probably, as well as he's done at Alfreton, and apparently he's been terrific for them uh, over the last month, a bit, a big bit of him might think I need to get back down yeah. there and see yeah. what's see, get the lie of the land. So that'll be interesting to see whether he he returns to the fold. As things stand, his loan is up this week, so a decision has to be made one way or another. But um, the starting the, eleven is going to be interesting on Saturday, anyway, isn't it? I mean, maybe Gowling will be in it. Maybe who knows what? Um, I think I think Gary Johnson sort of indicated, didn't he, that that he wasn't about. He, he's not, I think he used the phrase big broom he, mm. he's not about to sweep everybody and everything out through the door um, A that's not practical uh, B he needs I think he's keen to have a look yeah. at, at what he's got and, and uh, um, managers very often have to take those decisions quite quickly yeah. and that's what makes this situation I always find this fascinating over the years having watched new managers come in and inherit squads of players uh, and the effect that they can have on a, on, a, on a team which doesn't appear to be doing it at all, struggling for results, yeah, yeah. confidence down and a new manager 
very often, doesn't happen always, but very often can come in, especially a, a canny new manager, if you know what I mean, and can suddenly get a tune out of a team. All right, it won't be championship winning t- a tune, but it'll all of a sudden people go up another cog. Well, they, and, it's and, in their interest too, isn't it? Well, They've got they need to impress a new manager. That's right, and and, and so it, it's 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 interesting. It doesn't always work. But many, many times supporters will have seen mm. a new manager come in and have that kind of initial impact. And then, of course, sometimes it settles down a bit and then you start to see the new signings come in and, yeah. the, and the strengthening in that way. But um, United have got two very, very winnable games. Uh, Let's talk about Hungerford. Then, yeah. as it became, now, having seen Hungerford play this season, seen them, of saw them beat Truro, yeah. Um, they're a very enthusiastic side. They're a very quick side. Um, they'll throw everything at Torquay, won't they? I yes, imagine. they certainly will. Um, but if United don't put a performance on up there, mm. uh, all right, we can't predict the result. But if if they don't play like a team that should be in the top half of this table, then that will be a worry. Yeah. Um, uh, you've got Limington in the cup after that, uh, two away games, and then you have. What Gary Johnson is already describing as a six-pointer, yeah, interesting, <laughs> that, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. against Woking, yeah, um, on September the 29th at Plainmore, um, and I think the hope is that yeah. if United can go and get a couple of decent results against Hungerford and uh, and and Limington, let's say, let's face it, if they can go and beat both of them, yeah, um, uh, that the situation might be looking. A, a, a bit better, especially if he's managed to bring a couple of extra players in, and all of a sudden, I think you know people are already thinking, "Wow, what the Woking game at home could be, yeah. you know, a bit tasty." And um, we'll, we'll have had the draw for the next round of the cup by then. Well, there you if go. If we're still in it, yeah. touch wood. Yeah. Um, uh, so all of that is part of the, yeah, you know, the the the, the equation and and what's ahead of us. So exciting times ahead. We're not going to spin this podcast out because we're anxious to get it up online for you so that you can listen to what the new manager has to say. But uh, it, these are exciting times, aren't well, they? Well, it, it always is when you get a new manager. Yeah, out. it is. It is. And, and you know, United fans at the moment, yes, they're frustrated. Yes, they're angry. Uh, and probably quite rightly too. Yes, quite rightly too. Uh, the way things have gone over several years and this season. Yeah. But I think more than anything else, Torquay United fans are desperate for a winning to, yeah. to see a winning team. They, Any kind of success. They, exactly. Really. They, they would have been perfectly happy with the man in the moon being manager if he could turn this around and put yeah. a winning team on the pitch. Uh, and and that's the mood around the club at the moment. For the first twenty minutes against Chippenham last Saturday. Uh, um, uh, with a what near fifteen hundred crowd, mm. United played some pretty good stuff in the first twenty minutes. The crowd was solidly behind the team. Uh, they are that desperate to support. And by the way, there was no goal scored, and their keeper still only had one save to make. Yeah. But uh, uh, that's the mood of the, of the goal support at the moment. They are desperate to get behind a winning team and hopefully a winning manager. Yeah. They don't expect the world. They don't expect United to win every game 4-0, but they do expect gallons of effort, yeah. uh, 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 everybody being up for it, um, and keep doing that for long enough, and you usually start winning. The results will come. One little stat to finish with. Gary Johnson is the 10th manager that this podcast has presided <laughs> over, if you count some who weren't managers wow. for very long. Uh, full-time managers, we began with Alan Nil. 
Right. Then Chris Hargreaves, Paul Cox, Kevin Nicholson and Gary Hours. Right. And in between the uh, one oh, game yes. Charlies, or maybe slightly more than one game in yeah, a couple caretakers. of cases, John Ramshaw, Robbie Herrera. John, I'd forgotten John Ramshaw, I must say. So and, had and, I, and until what Julian a, put that in the email. And, and, Thank and, you. And, and what a what a cracking guy and a good bloke. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dean Bobby Edwards. Herrera. Yeah, Dean Edwards. Oh, yes, of course. So we, we were jumping Jeff, ahead. And Jeff Harrop. Yeah. We had and, one game um, each, I think. That's right. Je- Jeff Harrop in between uh, Nil and, and Hargreaves. Um, uh, the, the, the famous double caretaker of Ramshaw and Dean Edwards. Um, and that, uh, We played and, Bromley under Dino, didn't we? Oh, don't. Don't. Yeah. Never again. Um, and, of course, Robbie Herrera uh, yeah. um, in between Nicholson and ours. Yeah, no, that's, that's quite a list in a very short period of it time, is, isn't it? it? Um, and when you think that, that before Alan Nil... Uh, there was Martin Ling, obviously, for mm. 18 months. And then there, was, there were four years before that under Paul Buckle. Yeah. So United really uh, ha- did not have a reputation as a club that changed their manager all the, t- all the time. They, 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 Torquay's record was pretty mm. good uh, for, yeah. for, for quite a long time in that respect. But it's just been uh, um, very, very up and down and erratic. Mm. And that must have impacted, yeah. must it, on, yeah. on, on, on events on the pitch. So... Fingers crossed that... Fingers crossed the only way is up, as the old song says. And um, there you go. If you're going yeah. to Hungerford... Well, I, I, I was just thinking that the two the, two of the organisations that must be uh, um, have noted this change with some uh, concern are the managements of Hungerford Town and Livington Town. Because instead of, what, 150-odd United fans, there's probably an awful lot more heading yeah. to those two grounds over the next fortnight. If you're one of them... Give him a cheer. Here we go. A new era begins here. We finish this uh, Devon Live Herald Express Talking United Yellow Army podcast as ever. Come, Come on, on, you yellows. yellows.